Welcome to Studio 1776. I'm your host, Daniel Leach. I'm joined here by Eric Hughes-Jones, the freedom screamer from courtroomwatch.com. And uh, we're going to be talking about a court case that has just happened recently that is actually going to help protect the American citizens' rights to bear arms. And welcome to the show, Eric. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Daniel. Thank you for putting this together. And I'm glad everybody out there can join us and uh, spread this broadcast to as many people as possible. We'll try to bring you some good, solid information here. Um, it'll be a learning experience and an activist experience. I'm, as most of the people who follow what we do, uh, know that I'm more of an activist than a blogger. So you're not going to, you may not hear a lot of blogs from me on that, you know, that blog every day or that blog every week. But be assured, we're getting her done in the trenches. I'm an activist primarily, and I'm an activist that blogs. I'm not a blogger or a broadcaster who suggests activism, which is what most other broadcasters do. And I don't mean to take a swipe at the other guys. I appreciate the information, but most of them gave up on being activists and really aren't helping out a lot of people directly, you know, get out of the trouble that that they find themselves in under this tyrannical government. Um, very much like we had in the pre, pre-colonial days. Uh, there were many decades of, of oppression and, and tyranny that led up to the American Revolution. And I think we're at that point again because the Crown of England uh, and some other entities as well uh, have basically taken over the country. Before the ink was dry on the Constitution, in 1789, the Congress passed the Judiciary Act of 1789, which basically completely ruined all the common law courts. It brought them all into equity uh, and actions in REM, where everything's prosecuted as a commercial crime. Everything's a dead entity, a corporation. It's called a corp, C-O-R-P, a corpse, because it's dead. It doesn't live. It doesn't exist. It's a fictitious entity is what the attorneys call it. A fictitious entity means it's fake. It doesn't exist. New York is a fictitious entity. There's land that people have drawn a line across here and there and everywhere, and they call that New York, but you can't show me a living organism called New York. It's all made up. And it's a lot lot for people to get their mind around, that everything we've been taught to believe is real is actually a fictitious fantasy. Um, So, and there were many senators, I believe, oh, gosh, there was at least a half a dozen senators at the time of the Judiciary Act of 1789, which put us right back under the under the boot of the strong-arm courts and their enforcement agents. It's right where we are today. It gets worse every year. Now, we've had some victories lately, so I actually feel that the tide may be turning because the groundswell is so enormous and because people like you out there, everyone, are hopefully doing something for freedom and not just dreaming about it or enjoying what you have or bemoaning the fact that we're, quote-unquote, losing it. Um, You know, you have to do something for freedom to retain it. uh, you know, freedom is not a participant participate is a is a participatory sport. It's not a spectator sport. You can't sit back and watch and complain or enjoy or whatever. However much freedom you have or think you have, you know, it, there ain't you ain't going to be hanging on to it for very much longer with what's been going on recently, especially here in New York State. We've had a series of new gun laws that say you have to have a background check to buy ammunition. The background check's got to include your your uh, ID. The, the serial number on the box of ammunition itself, your phone number, your occupation, it actually says must require that you take the person's occupation who's buying ammunition. It's just for ammo. It's just for a gun. 
So it's gotten out of hand. Another one of the provisions was you can't carry uh, a firearm on a municipal property, meaning a town hall or a town park or a county park, any, any property owned by the government, local, county, or state uh, falls under that rubric, and you can't care. That successfully crushed all of the Civil War reenactments, which this past summer all got canceled because there's so many gutless cowards here in New York and people who couldn't find their courage, like the organizers of the events and the local judges and the police, they couldn't find their courage and just say, no, no, we're not going to go along with that. Even the governor's office said, well, we would have had no problem with the Civil War reenactment. Get this, people. Are you understanding? They're playing with toy guns basically in a park and shooting off caps. Blanks. There's no bullets flying anywhere. These guns, most of them are incapable of firing because they've been down for so long. You have to really tune up a weapon before you're going to use it if it's been sitting around for 150 years. There's no, there's no danger. There's no gunfire. There's no bullets. It's all pretend. Once again, a fictitious festival. It's a pretend. It's called the Civil War reenactment. We had one here in Angelica every year, right up the road from where I live. I'm not a big fan of the cannon going off every 15 minutes and echoing through the whole valley and scaring my dogs and other livestock, but I deal with it because it's freedom. If they're not free, I'm not free. And by the way, this town and many others that do the reenactments, this town economy thrives on that money. 10,000 people come through, thousands, hundreds of vendors. So this is a big money. This is a, it's like Christmas. You know how some stores, if they have a good Christmas, they have a good year. If they don't have a good Christmas, they're, that's it. That's their big season. These Civil War reenactments, and there was multiple ones throughout the state, not just here in Angelica, all had to get canceled because of these goofball gun laws that say you can't carry a gun on a municipal property. And it just so happened that the Civil War reenactment was taking place in the town circle, the town park where the farmer's market is on Saturday, they were going to have a Civil War reenactment the following weekend. No, nope. shut it down. Everybody t- tucked their tail under their, between their legs and run away, scared. So it was really sad to see that. And another one of the provisions was you cannot carry your gun, even if you have a permit, into a private establishment, a bar, a grocery store, 7-Eleven, whatever, unless that owner of that store expressly puts a sign on the door that says you are welcome. So even if the owner of the store was cool with people carrying concealed carry guns, you know, a gun that you have a permit for and all that stuff, all legit, so to speak, all permitted through license and everything, all dotted, T's crossed, I's dotted, uh, on private property, you couldn't carry that gun into that private property, even if the owner was cool with it. Unless that owner went out and put a special big sign on the window that says, you know, we, we, we allow the carrying of weapons on this property. But if the store owner didn't do that, even if they were cool with the gun, it would be a felony in the eyes of the state if somebody walked into that store and the store didn't have their policy posted that guns are welcome here. You want to talk about an, you want to talk about an overt statement that your private property doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the state in the minds of the state. And it's a sick and it's perverted, but that's what they think. You don't own your property. One of the representatives on the way to Albany for the vaccine protest told the protesters, this is a state legislator in New York talking to protesters who happen to be on the same train, all going to Albany for completely different reasons. The protesters were saying, hey, we want freedom to decide whether to vaccinate our children. 
You know what the legislator who was on the train said? He laughed. He said, you people actually think you own your children? (laughs) Okay, in other words, you don't own your children. The state does. We can take them at any time through CPS and the witch's court. Stupid idiot cops or go along with it and go grab the kids. I've seen it happen. It's disgusting. So I I wanted to give an overview of the new gun laws because one one of those three things I just stated, which was the prohibition against carrying on somebody else's private property that was okay with the gun. This is not the stone store owner saying no guns allowed. This is the store owner being forced to say guns are allowed here. Or, and if they don't, the person who carries one in is a felon felony, not a misdemeanor. And then once they have you on the felony, guess what? Da, da, da. No possession, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon is another felony then they really come down on you if you've already been, had a felony and you get caught with a gun in the future. So you're successfully disarmed as soon as you get that first felony. That's why it's imperative that we shut these court cases down early on. And that was just recently done here in Buffalo by a man named, what is the name of this case? United States District Court, Western District of New York. Brett Christian is the man's name. Brett, B-R-E-T-T, Brett with two T's, last name Christian. Good name. So uh, also another plaintiff that backed him up was the Firearms Policy Coalition and the Second Amendment Foundation. This case number is 22-CV, that's Charlie Victor, dash 695, parentheses, JLS. The plaintiffs, these are the, okay, those are the plaintiffs who I just read. The defendants are Stephen A. Negrelli, He's the superintendent of the New York State Police. And John J. Flynn, the district esquire, calling himself the district attorney from London, setting up shop in Buffalo and prosecuting people at the behest of a corrupt state that would tell people on private property what they have to post in their window or not. Ah, Okay, so I'll read you the overview. Decision and order, preliminary injunction. Another one of New York's restrictions imposed in the immediate aftermath of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision, that's B-R-U-E-N, after the Bruin decision is the private property exclusion. Okay, let me read that once more. Another one of New York's new restrictions imposed in the immediate aftermath of the Supreme Court's Bruin decision is the private property exclusion. That new provision makes it a felony for a license holder to possess a firearm on all private property unless the relevant private property holders actually permit such possession with a sign or by express consent. That means a letter directly from the store owner to you personally. That ain't going to happen. These people are running a store. They're not going to write letters to every one of their customers saying, oh, by the way, I'm cool with you carrying your gun here. Waste of time. So the court's acknowledging. The Supreme Court's case addressing the individual's right to keep and bear arms from Heller and McDonald to its June decision in Bruin dictate that New York's private property exclusion is equally unconstitutional. Regulation in this area is permissible only if the government demonstrates that the current enactment is consistent with the nation's historical tradition of sufficiently analogous regulations. As set forth below, New York fails that test. That last, second to last line is the most important. The, 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 these restrictions by the state that the governor tried to pass 
are permissible only if the government demonstrates, that means New York has to prove, that the current enactment, whatever they're proposing as a new law, is consistent with the nation's historical tradition. That goes back to 1791 of the Organic Constitution and preempts even the Judiciary Act of 1789, which was eight years after the Constitution was ratified. I'm sorry. Uh, it was, let's see, uh, two years before 1791 is when this Judiciary Act, so they were at, the Masons of the Senate had to jump on everybody and got a couple years head start. Twelve of the 25 senators at the time of the passing of the Judiciary Act in 1789 were Freemasons. Twelve. That's half the Senate. 50% of the United States Senate at that time were Freemasons, and that's how they got it done, because the Freemasons are the thread that binds, and we're going to post a video talking about that here attached to this, uh, this presentation. So, um, so in this case here, the court has just ruled that New York fails the test. It is not consistent with the nation's historical tradition of sufficiently analogous reg regulation. That means the regulation of today needs to match up with the regulation of the day that the, state, that the, that the law, which is the Constitution, was enacted. Statute and, 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 and quote-unquote state laws, state statutes, have to be subservient to the Constitution. They have to meet that test. If they don't, too bad. You can't have it happen. Sorry, folks. I know a lot of these things sound good. Let's control society. Let's take all the guns. Let's make everybody safe. Everything will be perfect. It'll be like utopia. It never happens. There's always going to be bad people, and there's always going to be guns out there that those bad people are going to get if they have to manufacture one. They make guns in prison with no tools at all, a piece of pipe, and they make a zip gun, I think they call it. So you're always going to have bad guys having a gun. The solution is that the good guys have to have guns unrestricted, and that's just part of society is risk, and that's too bad. Where the guns are, there is no crime. You know, the criminals rarely go in and shoot up a heavily armed area. They're going to go in where the people are disarmed or such pacifists that they know they're not going to fight back. So, and we all, even if you're a Christian out there, I would say especially if you're a Christian, you're delegated to stand up for your people. Did David stand up against Goliath? Or do you say, no, let's just let him go trample us to death, no problem. No, there's, there's battles for good against evil throughout history. And especially when they're this clear, um, they're worth fighting. So, and we can do this nonviolently without firing a shot or doing anything, you know, absurd. We can, if enough people wake up, that's why we need all you out there to get activists. So activists. So what have I been doing to put my money where my mouth is and be activists? Okay, so about mm, six weeks ago, I got a call from a gentleman Eric Lowry in New York City. Eric had gone to a Pennsylvania gun show to buy a component, just a piece, a part for his pistol. He went from Pennsylvania where he bought the part back into New York City. As soon as he got out of the Holland Tunnel, six New York State troopers swarmed him, arrested him, dragged him out of the car. He took his blood pressure medication, claiming it was Oxycontins, when each, not only was the jar labeled blood pressure medication, each individual tablet, I confirmed, was labeled as high blood pressure medicine. It was clear. There was no way this was Oxycontins or any other illegal drug. But this asshole in the New York State Police, the great guys that they are, uh, pretended it was Oxycontins so they could get more crap stars on their idiot report card and arrested him for Oxycontins. There was nothing of the sort. Meanwhile, Eric's blood pressure goes through the roof up to 230, I believe it was. They had to take him to the hospital during the arrest and were shitting their pants so badly they tried to get him to sign all these releases. He said, I'm not signing anything. All rights reserved, no rights waived. 
Eric knew what he was talking about. His name's Eric as well as mine. So it's, it's Eric Lowry. I'm Eric the Freedom Screamer, just so people get, don't get confused here. So Eric Lowry in New York calls Eric the Freedom Screamer in upstate New York and says, ah, uh, I just got arrested for buying a piece for my pistol and then driving back into New York City. By the way, let me just side note here. Uh, the New York State Police must have been either sitting in the parking lot in Pennsylvania out of their jurisdiction in a place where they do not belong, taking information completely in violation of a number of state privacy statutes uh, for their investigation, not investigating any crime, just taking down license plate numbers of people from New York who go to Pennsylvania to, to take care of their gun purchases because New York sucks and it's a bunch of Nazis here. Can't, can't, can't get your gun parts here. So we had to go out of state. So, or the Pennsylvania authorities or somebody informant in Pennsylvania is calling it in either way. Somebody's out there making a note because I don't think it was any accident that as soon as Eric got back into the New York city limits from the gun show of Pennsylvania, he was, he was immediately uh, arrested in force and it was obvious they were waiting for him. So we activated and uh, I broke out a, a very powerful document called the demand for a bill of particulars. And this document was so well written by, by a paralegal that, we submitted, I had, you know, I told, I shared it with Eric, went over it with him. I said, I will share this with you. It's up to you. You know, I'm not giving you legal advice. I'm not an attorney. I, I can't represent you, but I can help you represent yourself. Check out this document. And that's basically how it went. So he basically removed the information, the, changed the personal information, his doc, inserted into like this template, his personal information, where his name was, uh, the, the case number, et cetera. Okay. So we, you know, we had an editable form, so it was he could just kind of fill in the blank, so to speak. But I went over it with him carefully because when you do this, you got to know what you're filing. I want him to get his mind around it. So we read through it carefully. It's only like three or four pages, pretty simple, and it's an easy read. It's not a lot of garbledy goop that the attorneys like to put in there. This was really well done in kind of a common law fashion, but in the format that's modern and up to date, and the attorneys will see it, they'll recognize it. It says kind of what we want to say in their language. So it's a, there's a translation element in there. But so, and, uh, so, uh, let me back up a little. After his arrest, he was arraigned. They let him out with no bail because I'm pretty sure because it was all the phone calls that were coming in from us. And, uh, when he went back for his first appearance, uh, after submitting this demand for bill of particulars, uh, it, was, it would be his second appearance. His first appearance was the arraignment after the arrest. They let him walk. He came back in for his initial court appearance. So it would be the second time in court, first appearance for the specifically to respond to the case. Um, an arraignment is something that's done after you're arrested just to set bail, or do you get do you walk out and come back for your next court appearance? So technically it was his second time in court for this case. And he had submitted the demand for bill of particulars two weeks earlier. And the judge said, I want you to know that this court acknowledges that you have rights. This court will respect your rights and this court will uphold your rights. Uh, and we almost had a heart attack because it's <laughs> in New York City. You don't get that kind of attitude when there's a gun charge. They usually throw the book at you, Jack, all, the, all of it, and then some. They'll make up stuff. So he, he, so we're like, oh, my God, is this a ruse? Is this a scam? You know, now I'm not paranoid. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, wow, that's great. Okay, let's just be careful and make sure they follow through. But uh, let's, let's, you know, let's move forward and 
give the witches' court the benefit of the doubt. Well, sure enough, they were true to their word. Eric made his his third appearance. The 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 oh, and by the way, at that appearance where she acknowledged that the defendant Eric Lowry has rights, she also said, "I'm going to dismiss this case within 30 days." After right after that that appearance. The, one of the uh, one of the public defenders who Eric had told, "I'm not using you. I'm representing myself." He came up and he said, "Listen, I know you're not. I know you fired me as your public defender, and you're going to go this alone. But they're going to dismiss this in 30 days. Whatever you do, don't file any more of that paperwork." So that's what the public the pretender told the defendant uh, after the defendant filed this very powerful bill of particulars demand. And so I thought that was very interesting. He said, "Whatever you do." Don't file any more of that paperwork. They're going to drop everything. Okay, great. So on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, he went into court and would see what happens. The bailiff read a very formal statement. He was the, Eric was the only one in the courthouse, and uh, the judge said, I'm dismissing this case. Uh, oh, the district, she said, what does the district attorney want to do here? And the district attorney said only two words, we concede. That was it. They never do that. They always go on, Your Honor, with just district attorney's office has decided we're not going to move forward with this motion at this point, but we'd like to reserve the right to blah, 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 blah. Nothing. He said, we concede. That was it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So, and, and so the judge said, okay, not only am I dismissing the case, I'm sealing the case. Now, on the surface, that seems really good because we don't want Eric Lowry, the defendant, the, per, the guy who got busted buying a part for his gun in Pennsylvania, uh, not doing anything with it, just driving, bu- buying it and driving home. Um, you know, so, yeah, uh, uh, so hold on, I'm looking at the computer screen here. Sufficiently, it's worth it. So, it very much relates to this case and the fact that the, re- the courts in New York are recognizing the fact that you have rights protected by the Second Amendment, generally speaking. Now, your paperwork has to be good. I wouldn't file frivolously, and you want to always keep it brief and short and to the point. But um, so she said, uh, oh, okay, so back to my thought about sealing the case. Good on the surface because we don't want Eric getting pulled over in the future and the state police pulling up this case and saying, oh, he's got a gun. You know, it's not something you want hanging over your head, especially when the case has been dismissed. Now, sealing it might be bad because it might be difficult now for anybody to get information on this case. We're going to try to get the transcript. And Eric's a friend of mine, and he's going to do, if he gets it, I'll get it. Um, he'll, he's, you know, he shares all the paperwork with me, and I was basically the one that assisted him through this whole thing, getting him off. So um, uh, sealing the case may be a double-edged sword. Good on one hand, it doesn't show up on his record. It would take an act of Congress or a major, you know, something major to unseal the case where anybody could look at it. Um, sealed is good in a way. It protects your privacy. You don't have to carry carry this baggage around hanging over your head like a hatchet for the rest of your life. Oh, is this going to show up when I go apply for a job? Is this going to show up when I go apply for a mortgage? You know, <laughs> is this going to show up, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but, you know, so in a way it's good, but in a way it's bad because if you just, it's going to take, I'm going to have to get all my information from Eric. They're they're doing this for a specific reason. I think it's because I don't think they have any intention of doing people favors when you get into court. They want to rape you for all they can get, as much money as possible, as much jail time as possible. That's how they make their money. That's the courts make their money. So um, I, I think they did it to to kind of 
protect from like, the public exposure of the corruption of the state police arresting people for buying a gun part out of state and just driving home with it. There was no, you know, they were charged him with possession of a firearm. They also charged him with possession of a deadly weapon, even though there was no gun. It was just a, a component. It was a piece, a one part. It couldn't fire a bullet if it wanted to. It takes 80 other parts to make the gun. It was just one small piece. And they're calling that a weapon, and they're calling that a fire. To show you how corrupt the state police are, the liars that they are, it was a gun part. They could have said in the report, we found a gun part, and it's illegal, and blah, blah, blah. We're going to take him to jail because of a gun part. They didn't. They tried to call the component a deadly weapon and a firearm, neither of which it was. That on top of the whole Oxycontin thing, claiming the blood pressure medication was Oxycontins. I mean, it's just, it's insane. And these are the type of things you won't hear about on Fox News. You're not going to hear about it on I don't want to name any names. <laughs> I don't want to rag at the other talk show hosts, but most of them have become bloggers and broadcasters, and they've lost their activism. And, and it's, I, I feel for them because you only get the real news when you're in the trenches. This case in New York City was huge. We have a New York City court acknowledging that somebody has rights and will uphold those rights and that they're going to dismiss the case, and they follow through and actually dismiss the case and seal it without any request, without any expungement motion or anything, didn't have to go through pay bail or anything like that. So I, I think and it's, there's many reasons for the, why this is happening right now. Um, you know, I would be speculation for me to try to guess what's in the mind of the, the witches court and they're not enforcement Nazis. But it shows you that, you know, we are having some, some – the biggest problems are with the lower guys. The enforcer, the enforcers, the New York State Police should have never brought this case to the DA's office in any way. Um, and if any somebody brought this to the New York State Police, they should have stopped there. They should have said, "No, no, no, this guy's not planning on robbing a bank. He's not a convicted felon. He's not a he's a family guy. He's got a wife and kids. He lives in an apartment in New York City. It's a neighborhood's a little bit rough because New York City stinks." And his wife doesn't want to move, so he's kind of hanging in there. You know, he doesn't want to leave the family. He knows he should get out of the city, though, um, and he's working on it. But, uh, and, you know, and he, so he carries a pistol. Good for him. Protect yourself. If you're in a rough neighborhood and you feel you're, you know, you might be at risk getting off the bus late at night and walking a few blocks home, I mean, crime is through the roof all across the country. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past. I don't blame him for wanting to carry, you know, carry a weapon. And we all ought to be able to have that right to do that. People, crime hits very close to everywhere. We even had recently, unfortunately, and I don't want to get tell, too specific about where or who, but there was a Amish home invasion where the Amish were held at gunpoint by a group of guys, uh, stole 400 bucks and a bunch of hunting rifles from the Amish family. And, you know, so it, it can hit you anywhere if it can, you know, so the chances of it happening in New York City are a lot greater but it can happen anywhere. So I don't begrudge anybody the, the exercise of the right to protect yourself uh, by however means necessary. And certainly carrying a, a handgun is, is within reason. He's not carrying a, a bazooka or a tank down the street. Uh, only the government can do that. Um, he's just carrying a little pistol. So anyway, so we have good and bad. We got most of the, most of the enforcement agents are on our side, except for the state police. They hire the most corrupt, immoral people to do things like this with a lie and call a part of a gun a weapon and a part of a gun a deadly uh, uh, a fire uh, what was it 
uh, one was one charge was a firearm and the other one was deadly weapon. So they were calling it in both cases. It's a complete lie. These are not. Uh, does that make sense, Daniel? You know, you can't you can't take a little piece of a gun and call it a deadly weapon. Um, you could call it a part of something that might might be a deadly weapon if somebody uses it in the criminal intent. But that's a mighty big stretch to be dragging people out of their car on their way home from a gun show in Pennsylvania. So uh, so we've had some good decisions here, and people, I urge people to check out this case. This is, once again, the case number is, I think it was CV. Whoa, what just happened here? Uh, I did not request Google Maps. Uh-oh, Daniel, how do you like that? Google just took over my computer and took me to Google Maps when I didn't want to go there. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to see if I can pull this case back up real quick. Uh, any comments, uh, Daniel, on what we've been talking about? No, and it's not even showing that I just had this open. Let me try this. What's this new tab? Uh, 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 this is very interesting. My computer's getting jammed up. Live time here, folks. Oh, not even the spinning ball. Mm, okay. Um, so this was in my email. I'm going to open my email back up here. It should only take a second. I'm going to repeat the case number for all our people here while we take a quick breather. So we've had good luck, bad luck. Um, I'll give people one more good news story. A gentleman got arrested for right to travel in Missouri after a very convincing phone call from Eric the Freedom Streamer, the high sheriff himself, went to visit this man in jail simply for driving around without a license. He was exercising his right to travel, which... There are Supreme Court cases that say you do not have to have a license to travel in a motorized vehicle. State has come up with the word driving as a commercial activity, so they're treating everybody as if they were an 18-wheel truck driver and requiring a license where there should be none, just for the average person like you or me. There's the long and short on right to travel. So this guy was driving around with no license, and the state police pulled him over. Now, they should have wrote him a summons and sent him on his way. They arrested him and took him to jail. I was so outraged and hadn't gotten any action that afternoon. The next morning I called and basically chewed on the sheriff's main deputy, and he put me through to the high sheriff himself um, in a major county in Missouri. And the sheriff said, you know what? He said, there's something going on here. He said, I'm going to go down and talk to this man myself. So the sheriff goes down and talks to our friend, and uh, and uh, and they actually struck a relationship, a really good friendship. Um, when, he, when the sheriff called me back with an update two hours later, he said, you know, your, your gentleman that you introduced me to is a very interesting man. He said, I'm going to make sure he gets out of jail today. I'm going to have the district attorney drop the charges. There's going to be no arrest warrant, uh, and I'm going to take him to go get his truck myself. That's the high sheriff of the county taking this guy to go get his vehicle. So that's, that's how much they hit it off. So um, it was very interesting, another good kind of a feel-good, you know, good news story. With the, There are good cops out there. There are good sheriffs. There are constitutionally minded people out there, even some judges, um, but the majority of them right now are either working for the enemy or they just have not found their courage yet enough to move forward and do the right thing, which they know what that is to do. They just they don't want to risk their paycheck and their pension taking a chance by doing the right thing. So a lot of people do the wrong thing, and that's why we have so many sellouts in this country and in this government and worldwide um, is because people are very easily bought off or threatened away. So they either, either threaten you or, or pay you off, and then most people give in under one of those two, and very few people like us left, Daniel, who will you know, take the risk, make the sacrifice, 
you know, take take the shots, you know, not I don't mean the, the vaccine shot, but take take all the all the flack that's thrown at us, all the garbage and uh you know, whether it's proactive or whether it's just denial of opportunity. Um uh but I gotta say this, the Patriot community, for lack of a better word, the Patriot Freedom Movement, so to speak, is growing by leaps and bounds to the point where, you know, the network now is much bigger than it used to be. It's not you know, I think this whole COVID scam woke everybody up, a lot of people up. Everybody who was kind of knew there was something wrong but wasn't quite sure what it was. The COVID scam and these gun, this gun grab are two things that are waking up the sleeping giant. So any comments so far, Daniel? I got this open now. Daniel, you got yourself on mute, my brother. I'm going to open this back up. So we are on up and running again here, spinning balls. And so this was, um, here we go, the case number for this new gun decision where the federal judge ruled that New York State's uh, private property restriction ban on carrying guns on private property, even even if they have permission from the owner, it has to be posted with a sign. Um, This was in the United States District Court in the Western District of New York. So that's over Buffalo, Rochester, et cetera. Uh, the judge's name, I believe, was Sinatra, Sinatra or something like that. I'll get that in a second. The case number is 122-CV. That's Charlie Victor. Zero, and then a dash. And then 00695-JLF, 122-CV-00695-JLF. Document number 49, filed on 11 22, 11 one slash 22 slash 22. That's November 22nd, 2022. This is page one of 27. So uh, I want to thank the gentleman who kind of helped us, Daniel, of course, but the uh, we're going to post a link to a, an attorney who, did we extract this from him, Daniel, or did you find this on your own? Daniel, unmute yourself and and let me know whether you dug this up or did somebody else dig this up and you're posting it. I just want to give credit to everybody who had anything to do with this. I believe his name is Mark Smith or Mark. What's the name of that attorney, Daniel? Do we know? Daniel's on mute or he has crashed and I am in charge of the show now. Um, Let's see. Okay, so there's 27 pages here. Okay, let me read another excerpt. This is page five. Uh, Let me go back to four. Here we go. The private property exclusion has particularly burdened Mr. Christian. He's the guy who brought the case to the court. When driving or running errands. Okay, so let me read that again. The private property exclusion, and that's, that's New York's ban, on carrying guns on somebody else's private property, even if they're okay with it, 
they don't have to sign, you're now a felon for carrying that gun on their private property. It's I know it sounds bizarre to people. This is what the state was 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 requiring. And the police would be stupid enough to go out and force it. At least the New York State Police, they're where the problem is. Your sheriffs are usually fairly cool and constitutional. So anyway, so the private property exclusion, the ban on carrying guns on private property, has particularly burdened Mr. Christian when driving around or running errands. When he is driving, he is unable to take any bathroom breaks. He's unable to pick up food or purchase gas while carrying his firearm. He must disable and store his firearm before driving or walking into the parking lot, which means that sometimes he must stop carrying for self-defense before he can actually get close enough to see if there's anybody to engage or if there's a threat or somebody, you know, laying in wait. By having, by having to consist, constantly disarm in order to comply with the private property exclusion. Yeah, that's, that's a cluster right there. That's, that's what a nightmare. So he has to disable and store the gun, which usually means in a special lockbox, before he even gets into the parking lot of somebody's store who might be cool with him carrying the gun. This is the state saying, you have to do this and you have to do that because we want to. You don't have any say in what you put in your window. We tell you what to post. We tell you what to do, what to say, where to put your gun. You want to talk about slavery? Whatever we did in the Civil War didn't work. We can go into that on another blog. Or did it work perfectly to enslave all of us? The private property exclusion has burdened Mr. Christian, so he's uh, when he's driving around and running errands, he has to constantly disarm before even going in the parking lot. He's left without the ability to defend himself and is suffering diminished personal safety on a frequent and ongoing basis. Yeah. He testified at his, dis- dis- at his deposition consistently with these points. The court received submissions from the parties. The court then held a hearing. This was pretty cut and dry. The guy brought the uh, standing. The state maintains that Christian lacks standing. It, the state, this is not the court, this is the state. The state maintain, argues that he has identified unspecified gas stations, hardware stores, and locations. Well, sure, it, it, he's speaking in general about any and all convenience store bathroom location. The guy's obviously a trucker judging by what I'm, I'm hearing from the de- deposition. He drives, a, he drives for a living. And he wants to carry a gun to be safe. The places he's going are totally cool with that. And the states are saying if that specific store doesn't post a sign, then your rights don't exist there, even if the owner has no problem with it. Get that? The owner and the visitor, the owner and the patron, are both cool with it, and the state says you can't do that because you don't put a certain sign in the window. How screwed up is that? Even you people on the left who think the state is great and the vaccines are safe and why would the government lie to us? And they wouldn't do that. Wouldn't somebody tell us? And what do you mean they're all corrupt? That's not true. Uh, even all you people got to be waking up and take off the blinders. So uh, standing relates to a court's constitutional power to hear and decide a case. And therein, it implicates subject matter jurisdiction. All right, so that's legalese for saying standing is what gives you you know, standing. What 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 grounds do you have to stand on when you go into court? You got to have a, a decent case to go forward. You can't just bring frivolous claims. It's a waste of the courts and the people's money. So I think that kind of I could read more if people want me to. Let's see what else we have here. 
to ensure the plaintiff's injury must be direct. Yeah. So the state's claiming, say, if you don't, if if he doesn't say which 7-Eleven he was at at the corner of this road and that road, that his arguments don't count. Well, I guess he could go into a database and print out reams of every 7-Eleven in the, that he would potentially visit during his route. Yep, there's one over here on 5 and 20. There's one over there on Main Street. There's one over there on the, off the throughway. Up and up and up and up. You know, list them all. So the state don't do anything to scam this stuff through on, over on the people. So and this guy stood up, and he's great. He had some, some, uh, some bigger players behind him, obviously, that knew how to file a lawsuit. And uh, he won. So now, and, and by the way, the state was begging the judge to issue a stay against his own ruling in order for this law to stay in effect uh, while the state appeals and tries to go in and have this decision overturned at the next higher court. Um, and the judge said, no, no, this is stopping right now. So as it stands right now, it's legal and lawful for all y'all out there to carry your firearm into a store in New York, into any place, private property. Um, the only thing that would still be, and I believe they're probably going to sue on this one next, is the municipal, municipal property law that says you can't carry in the county, you know, in the library or the, uh, you know, the town park or the, or the, uh, or the courthouse. Usually you can't take a gun in a courthouse anyway, but on all municipal property and municipalities own a lot of space. The town owns little squares here and circles there and areas of common use, you know, like a little where they have a farmer's market in the circle or in the center of town and you know people will be walking through on a common basis maybe there's a little park behind the town hall or maybe there's a large park where it's all wooded and you women that go jogging in a wooded park you know early in the morning you know they want to protect themselves they're not allowed to do that right now as it stands in new york state so we got one small victory here a pretty good victory shouldn't have to go to the witch's court and pay the esquires a ton of money to get these rulings but unfortunately, that's, that's where we're stuck right now because people haven't really done the full awakening and realized that the problem is the bar association that's, that's creating the law through both their bar members in the state legislature and the Congress, but also the courts. You have to be a member of the bar to be a judge. You can't, I don't know any, I don't know any judges in New York who aren't bar members. That's a private association. That's why it's called the American Bar association it's not an agency or a department of the government this is a private it's called a pma a private membership association okay and all of the bar associations whether it's the new york state bar the texas bar the vermont florida california the american bar association which runs all of them they're all underneath the iba the international bar association don't you love that you're under international rule right now people already because the iba has its members everywhere they're in the state legislature they're in the state senate they're in this congress the house and the senate both they're all throughout it's usually military people or or attorneys okay and if you want to know who the attorney is look at their name how they write it look on their business card it'll say john smith attorney at law esquire esq usually with a period esq period that's an esquire 
people, it goes in one ear and out the other, and they think, oh, it's a cute name, right? Call myself an Esquire. Uh, that's an English-British title of nobility. That's not an American thing. And under the original 13th Amendment, anybody who carries a title of nobility is prohibited from entering government in any way. And that's all we have in government now are people with the title of nobility out of London, Esquire. It's a British thing. It's not an American thing. Look it up in the dictionary. An Esquire is an assistant to a knight that serves the queen or the king. It was the queen for so many recent years. Now she passed away. The, The king of England now is Prince Charles, is now King Charles of England. And we're right back to the complete British rule through the Bar Association and all its Esquires passing the legislation in the Senate and the House, having it approved by the courts, and then the district attorneys, the district esquires, as I call them, uh, bringing the case forward to prosecute everybody, and the stupid idiot police being the esquires' bitches. Sorry to be so blunt. That's what they are. God bless the good cops. Unfortunately, most of them are quitting, I'm hearing, or being put out to pasture with early retirement. So they only keep the scumbags and the dirtballs that are willing to do idiotic things like shut down the Civil War reenactment because of the New York gun laws, or tell people on private property that unless they put a sign in the window saying they're cool with guns, that that's, a, that's not that's going to be a felony. I mean, how are they even going to determine that? The whole thing's a nightmare. So anyway, this good judge here, I believe his name was, let me scroll down to the end here quick. Uh, Daniel, if you have anything to interject, I'll try to speed up my scroll here. There we go. And let's see, at the end of this, it should have the name of the judge. Conclusion. Conclusion. Let's read the conclusion. For the above reasons, the court grants the motion for a preliminary injunction as follows. It is ordered that the defendants, their officers, agents, servants, employees, and all persons in concert or participation with them who receive notice of this preliminary injunction are enjoined effective immediately from enforcing Penalty Law 265.01 with respect to the private property open to the public and their regulations, policies, and practices implementing it. Ordered that this preliminary injunction shall remain in effect pending disposition of the case on the merits and ordered that no bond shall be required. Huh. I have to look into that a little more. The portions of plaintiff's motion addressing a public parks and public transportation will be addressed in a subsequent decision. Beautiful, right there. Okay, that, that just answered my last question. What about the parks and the re- Civil War reenactments taking place in the municipal parks? It is ordered that the portion of the plaintiff's motion addressing public parks and public transportation, that means like buses and subways, uh, will be addressed on a, in a subsequent decision. So they're saying we're, we're ready to, to, for the, to give the, okay, uh, to give the decision on the public parks thing in the next uh, in the next round, and the judge's name is John L. Sinatra Jr. John Sinatra, same spelling as Frank Sinatra, United States District Judge. Well, way to go, Mr. Sinatra. So that's cool. He's ordered. Uh, he's ordered that the the district attorney and the state police will not enforce. So back to the defendants in this. Who was the action being brought against? And so it was being brought by Mr. Christian, Brett Christian, this obviously a truck driver or a delivery driver of some sort, uh, against. And he brought it against uh, Mr. Negrelli, 
who is the superintendent of the New York State Police, who would have been the prime enforcement agent for all this, because your local sheriff's not going to be stupid enough to go into a private store and say, you don't have your sign in the window. Anybody in here have a gun? <laughs> Good luck with that one. Um, so and his name's Stephen Negrelli, N-I-G-R-E-L-L-I. He's the state Nazi chief top dog. He is the head of the Gestapo in New York State. The other defendant was John J. Flynn. I knew that name right away. He's the district esquire. Yes, calling himself the district attorney of Erie County, Buffalo, which is very close to where I live, uh, two counties over, uh, Buffalo, New York. So he brought it against the head of the state police and the local district attorney. He didn't sue the state. He sued, and there has to, there's a, I guess I'd like to start analyzing maybe, Daniel, you can come up with some psychology, why he would sue, and I, well, I got some ideas on my own, why he would sue the local DA for the county that he lives in rather than the, the state attorney general. And, and so we can start, spec, let, let's open the floor for discussion. So I can see why he would name the state police. Even though they didn't take action yet against it, they're threatening to. You see, so a lot of cases like this, the guy will have gotten arrested by the state police for carrying the gun on private property and this and that. And that did not happen in this case. This guy, this guy brought the case preemptively and was able to, uh, was able to sue uh, on preemptive, on, on preemptive, uh, let's see here. Hey, Eric, can you hear me now? Yeah, were you off the line for a minute? I was, uh, yeah, I, I got kicked out, and I've been trying to figure out how to get back in, and I finally just figured it out, but not quite sure if I have controls of the show, but I know I hit record, so this should all have been being recorded. It's just smartphones okay. aren't so smart. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So right. um, I, was just, I was just telling, just to catch you up a little bit, I was just telling your listeners uh, and your followers about um, uh, some specific language from this case. Daniel, so right at the very end, it says in the conclusion that they're going to discuss the public parks and municipal property ban in the next decision. He actually wrote that in, in this decision, which they usually don't look down the road like that, that was kind of, I think that was a little more unusual than common. Um, what do you, also think do? you think they're going to ban the use of uh, firearms in the public, or are they going to go along with what they're saying so far in giving the rights to the American people? No, I think they're coming down on the side of the rights. I, I think the judges who are, who, are, who are in the pocket of the communist government, I think they're becoming fewer and farther between as time moves forward. That's why they're pulling out all these desperate measures on all different fronts. Um, so I think I'm optimistic right now with what happened with Eric Lowry in New York City, which was kind of the personal case that we worked on, where he got off his gun charge on a bill of particulars demand that the district esquire could not satisfy, and the judge knew they were between a rock and a hard place. He was exercising his constitutional standing and his, his standing on the land, not on the water, not on the maritime jurisdiction not under commercial law, but under common law, constitutional law. We, we had them, and, they came, and the district attorney said, we concede. So, I, I, you know, that's a big deal. That's in New York City. 
Um, and they sealed the case, which I don't some not surprise me because they want to hide. Um, but uh, this case here, uh, another one, you know, ordered that no bond shall be required. The portions of the plaintiff's motion addressing public parks and public transportation will be addressed in a subsequent decision. So he's leaving the door open for them to come back in, and he'll rule again. Let's get the same judge. His name's uh, John Sinatra. Okay, It'd be that's interesting what I to, to see if this winds up going to the Supreme Court. No, it's our, that's a, the, whole, the whole problem for the state is it's already been to the court. That Bruin decision is what they cited in this case. They said the Supreme Court's already ruled in its recent Bruin decision that these laws, if they're not anal- analogous, to, analogous to the what was what was originally the law, which was 1789, 1791. Uh, if it's not analogous to then, it doesn't stand. And there were no laws back then that said you have a background check to get ammo, or a, you had to, you couldn't carry in the public square. That's the one place you should be carrying. I mean, you, you couldn't carry in someone else's private property unless they put a sign in their window. That's between you and the private property owner, not you, the private property owner in the state. So that's all been ruled in the Bruin decision. It's already been to the Supreme Court. doesn't have to go back. They're not going to hear it. They're going to side with these lower judges. And, and the appeals court's going to have to overturn if one of the lower judges goes bad and starts trying to enforce this garbage. But I'm optimistic. We've got a federal judge here in western New York saying, no, put the kibosh on that, and then come back to me in a couple of months, and I'll decide on the public parks deal. And you all can have your goofy Civil War reenactment and have your freedom back. I'm not the biggest fan of the Civil War reenactment. I got all kinds of problems with it. But I love it because it's freedom and it's fun and it's a festival. Everybody has a good time. And, you know, I got issues with the cannon going off because it spooks the livestock. But that's another, you know, I can deal with that for a day to have or two to have some freedom, you know. So I deal with, you know, stuff I even don't like. Uh, necessarily not my favorite thing, the Civil War reenactment, but it's 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 part of freedom. People have a great time there. I went one year. It was fun. I met the local judge there, the local high judge, the state Supreme Court judge, and he was very constitutionally minded. I brought up the Bundy case. It was Bundy was going down at the time, the cattle ranch standoff out west, and I brought that up, and he said, no, he said, that would be, if that happened in my court, that would be ruled unconstitutional. And I said, oh, good. You know, he had some good, he was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So I, I think, but they're all waiting to hear it from on high. They're all in this hierarchical, militarized order ranking of people. I'm higher than you. Are you below me? Is he above you? Hey, Colonel. Hey, Major. Hey, Captain. Hey, General. Blah. Tuh. It's gross. Uh, these people, we're all e- even. We can't have got to get rid of the gay, the gay uniforms with the stupid bars and stripes on them and start acting as just sit down man, woman, creator, child, simple. No more of this, hi, I'm, I'm detective so-and-so. I'm, 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 oper- I'm operator so-and-so. I'm sergeant this or that. I'm, newer, I'm the uh, sheriff's office. No, you're not. You're, you're John Williams or whatever your name is. You're, you're not, you're, you're, everything else is pretend. It's all pretend. Call, call it what you want. It's pretend. It's fake. States are fake. Rank is fake. Organizations are fake. Everything comes down to you and me. So that's why I try to put activism above blogging. People, you may not hear a lot of blogs from us, but we'll put them out when we can. We're going to try to do more now as we're approaching winter. 
I know I say that a lot, but then I get busy working or here around the farm. Got to keep life going while we do our political, you know, we don't have that gravy train of funding, which we did, you know, like Antifa or Black Lives Matter. So we offset what they do with their lies uh, with our truth. And it's about freedom. I'm surprised that people on the left, so to speak, have become such totalitarian communist Nazi idiots. I would think they'd be going on the side of freedom. The default position is always freedom. You know, you know, but they, they start trusting anything with a D next to their name. Well, Democrat, they must be good. They must be for the people. They must be for the working guy. Ha, <laughs> right. How's that working out? And the Republicans know better. Warmongers, you know, national security state, the governor of Republican candidate for governor of New York, the only thing he had in his commercial was, the first thing I'm going to do when I'm elected to office as governor of the state of New York is declare a crime emergency, state of emergency. A crime emergency. Oh, great. Thanks, dude. After COVID nightmare of, of, of Fauci and Gates and, and all these lockdowns and forced masking and people getting arrested for protesting, it, it was, we're going basically from one state of emergency into another. Right. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about, you're talking about these protests. Let's talk about what's happening over in China right now. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, you've seen... The news, you know, they're talking about this, how the Chinese, uh, do you know what sparked that? Have you heard the news about what supposedly sparked the the riots and the protests in China? You know, I did, and now it's slipping my mind. Hold on. Give me a second. Let me try to try to. I can tell you you what it is. So. I don't want you to. Hold on. Hold on. I want to see if I can remember. (laughs) Because I was watching. Yeah, um, the dictator did, he declared himself a dictator, and what did he do? Oh, I give up. Go ahead, tell me what it was. All right, so you know how they've been locking all these people in their houses, and they've been welding the doors shut and everything like that? Well, yeah, they have a zero COVID policy. As soon as one person in Shanghai tested positive, they locked down 30 million people. I'd be pissed off, too. That's probably generally... Why? But uh, there was a recent specific event, Daniel. What was it? It's slipping right. my mind. That specific event was there was a, a building that burned down and it basically killed all these people that were living in this locked down building. They couldn't oh, even get out yeah. of the building because they were all locked in there. Yeah. 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 This is why you look, people, you, you could live on your, you can live on your knees as a slave or die on your feet as a free man. Which would you choose? Better to go down fighting, that's and that's what they're doing. Right, you know, and, and and this is what this is what the American people have to look forward to if they let their government become tyrannical. You know, to be uh, locked in your house and you can't even escape, you're gonna get burned in an oven. Daniel, we would be there right now if it weren't for the right to keep and bear arms and a hundred million guns in this country. That's Absolutely. the only thing that's keeping us safe right now. And look, people if you don't like guns, don't own one. Take the attitude of the woman who works at the grocery store that I shop at. She, she, I was buying some ammo, and she said, you know, I appreciate you guys. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she said, I, don't, I do not have a gun. You know, I'm old, and I'm an old woman, and I just don't have one. She said, but I really appreciate that all the rest of you guys do because she said it makes me feel safe, not threatened, safe. And she's right. There's never any crime down in this valley. Anybody comes walking in, somebody's kicking in somebody's door, it is going to be, I don't even want to say it, So, but you can get the idea. So, 
you know, where the guns are, the criminals are not. The criminals don't want somebody who's going to shoot back. They want right. the helpless old lady with no gun and no neighbors with guns. But if they know that the neighbor, if they don't know which house they're going into is armed and which is not, they're not going to go in anybody's house in that area. They're just not going to do it. Right, so, and that's why they keep picking these schools that are gun-free zones. They can just walk country. in and blast away, and nobody's there to stop them. Yep, and the government loves that. Believe it or not, people, people, people don't want to believe this, but they wouldn't make those gun-free zones gun-free zones if they, if they didn't. Let me put it this way. They know exactly what they're doing. They know that the shootings are going to occur in those places, and every time there's a big shooting, they can disarm. They disarmed the entire country of Australia on one school shooting where 30 children were killed. One. Right. It's, it's basically it's a bait and switch is what they're doing. Yeah. They're well, doing a bait it's, and yeah. switch. Yeah. It's fear. It's playing on people's emotions and playing on their fear, tugging at their heartstrings. Oh, my God, look at all the children that died. Yeah, it sucks. It's a horrible tragedy. Let's, let's, per, let's, let's, how about we put some armed good guys in that area? Let some of the responsible teachers, maybe you got a teacher who was an ex-military person or a, a former police officer, somebody been trained to use a gun or a, some, you right. know, somebody who's qualified. I'm not just Here's saying an hand example. Out. When you talk about this, the government's behind this, all you got to do is look up Project Gladio. Project Gladio <laughs> was a project where the United States government, well, not sure it was the United States, but it was a government project where they were going to, cause false flags they were going to cause mass shootings yeah it's a, it was a nato thing it was an internet it was a western it was it came out of world war ii they left stay behind networks to create terrorist attacks to stimulate overthrows of governments changes of power and etc and that's yeah gladio g-l-a-d-i-o operation gladio yeah that's that's well known yeah people ought to look into that maybe you could post a link to that, uh, I wouldn't do Wikipedia because that's going to be sanitized, but try to find maybe a historical book on Gladio. I would look at the Gladio, the USS Liberty, which was the ship that got sunk to try to drag us into the Middle Eastern War. Right. Um, back in the, uh, well, God, I don't want to get, was 19, was the Liberty in the late 60s or the early 70s? Yeah, that was basically, that's, part of what got us into the Vietnam War. That was the Gulf. That was, no, that was a different ship. That was the Gulf. Oh, the Gulf of Tonkin. I'm sorry. I'm getting that, that messed up. Gulf of the, Liberty, the Liberty was the Israeli Air Force attacking a U.S. spy ship to try to blame it on the Egyptians and drag the U.S. into the war on the side of Israel. Right, right. Uh, very sorry. interesting story. There's, still, there's a really good book on it um, that gives all the historical details. It, it was very interesting story. Very inter One of the Israeli pilots refused to fire because he knew that was an American ship. Um, but yeah, people will kill, will kill their own friends and their own people to further this, this new world order agenda. Um, are you posting a link to that War Castles documentary by Sergeant uh Horton? You know, are you talking about the one you just sent me earlier today with the report that guy made? With the, sar the, 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 the presentation from the sergeant. Uh, I, 
don't know exactly what you're talking about, but if you send me that link, I'll make sure that I put it in this in this yeah, video. Yeah, it was the one I sent It was the one I sent you most recently. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will make sure that that is posted along with the PDF document uh, on this blog post, just for sure. Oh, and I also want to make uh, a statement here. So somebody uh, said something about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, talking about how Twitter has been a lot more of a freedom platform. And so I put that to the test because, you know, our, our website, studio1776.org, has been banned from Twitter and Facebook and all of mainstream uh, platforms for about 10 years now. Well, anyways, I went and I posted a, a link on Twitter for studio1776.org, and uh, it sure did. It showed up on Twitter, so i got to give props to uh, Elon Musk for allowing our band website on Twitter. Yeah, so, I don't think – yeah, when did you put that up? I did that today. Yeah, okay, to give it a few weeks before you start thanking him. He hasn't reinstated Alex Jones yet, and Alex is, is milk toast. <clears throat> you know, he, he hasn't. Right. I, I'm not an Elon Musk fan. No, I, be careful. He's he is the controlled opposition. He's meant to he'll say things that sound really good, but yeah. he's wearing the back of it. Well, I'm just saying that it, it just recently, you know, we've been banned for ten years and. Now we're not banned on Twitter, so... I, I, yeah, but, listen, yeah, but Daniel, they're not even, the sensors aren't even working today. It's Sunday, Thanksgiving weekend. Wait till next Friday at this time and let me know if we're still up there. <laughs> so don't be, be careful how quick you jump into thanking Mr. Musk. Uh, did you see, apparently, I haven't seen this yet, but I trust the source. He was wearing a Baphomet shirt with the upside-down uh, crown. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know about that. I know he did something for Halloween that was kind of weird like that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. He was seen with the uh with the Baphomet shirt and um and I think there was an upside down cross. Very sad. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? He's he's a globalist. He's an elitist. He's who knows? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure you and I were both seeing that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I know that who I know who he's who he's with and who he's working for, but you don't get to be a billionaire part of that group unless you're part of the team. Yeah, right. Well. Yeah. Anyways, so, is, there, is there anything else that you want to cover here on this? Not really. I think we went through a lot of material tonight. Um, just people remember the Esquires are the enemy. The Bar Association is the most dangerous organization more than all the others, more than because they're the ones controlling the law, the legal system, the courts, and the, and the jails right now. Okay, so that's where the rubber meets the road. When they can lock you up for all kinds of bizarre victimless crimes where you didn't hurt anybody and all you did was carrying a gun part or driving around without a license or whatever garbage, you know, the state wants to make illegal. Um, you know, these things, this, this should not be going on in this country. And we don't, we expect that from in a movie about some other place with dungeons and Nazis and horrible governments and 
uh, sorry, Charlie, it's here now. So everybody try to get involved as best you can. You can uh, reach me at my email, which is ericnewyork, E-R-I-C-N-E-W-Y-O-R-K. That's Eric New York, spelled right out. Uh, and that's at protonmail.com, P-R-O-T-O-N, protonmail. So if anybody wants to reach out, they can contact me that way. Um, Absolutely. And I uh, just wanted to make, I wanted to drop uh, a couple uh, links out there for our audience that's listening. I wanted to remind our people here, if you're a first-time listener, long-time listener, uh, remember to check out social1776.com. That's our social media website that we created that's independent, just like a Facebook and then we have also a sister site, which is social1776tv.com, which is just like an alternative YouTube page. And uh, also wanted to mention uh, The Miracle Solve by David Pruitt and Pruitt's Tree Resin. Uh, Want to give our people uh, a heads up on that. Uh, I personally used it. It's, uh, I would definitely consider it a miracle. It's really helped me physically two different times uh, using that. So check out David Pruitt's, Pruitt's Tree Resin or the TheMiracleSob.com. Um, okay, right, yeah. Well, you're going to have to spell that because people don't – it's the Miracle Sav, S-A-L-V-E, the Miracle Sav. They also have another website, which I wish they'd use this one because it's got their name, and I think it's easier to remember, which is PruittsTreeResin.com. Pruitt's right. TreeResin.com. That's the one I would like to go because it's easier. People don't know how to spell solve. You know, when you say that, it's like, huh? So, but it's 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 Sav. It's S A L V E, like the Sav that you put on your skin. That the words is not really commonly used a lot anymore. So, I, I just it's a little harder to relay a link when you're. I don't know. It's just one little one little input I wanted to get out there. So PruittsTreeResin.com or TheMiracleSalve, S-A-L-V-E, dot com. Um, and, yeah, the stuff's amazing. I, I used it on uh, – I had a severe gash on my finger the other day from work, from a farm injury. I put it on there. It was gone in, like, 48 hours. My friend Mike, the farmer uh, who's got 500 acres up north of here, he's used it on his foot. The skin had come right off. He had a bad injury on his foot. And he put the Pruitt's tree resin on there and said, uh, he said, I just put it on and forgot about it. And I'm like, well, keep using it because you want to heal that. He's like, no, it's gone. He's like, I used it once, and it completely healed this. All the way the skin had completely come off his foot from an injury. And, uh, and he said he put it on once, and that was all it needed. You know, he went about uh, his life, and he completely forgot about it, and he doesn't even feel the pain anymore. My friend Joel had a tooth problem. He put the, put the stuff, the Pruitt's tree resin salve in there, and he said it was the first day that he's gone without a toothache. Um, uh, Penny, my friend Penny, who works up at the ministry, has stage 4 cancer. I gave her some cannabis oil and some Pruitt's tree resin. She uses the two together, and her cancer is now, her cancer cells are going down, and her oncologist told her she doesn't have to come back and see the doctor for another six months which is a, ma a major victory because she was at the very end. Her head had lost all its hair. She was in stage four cancer, had both breast cancer and cancer of the uterus, and she's applying this stuff. The only thing she changed was the, the, the cannabis oil and the Pruitt's tree resin. She added to her what she was doing to get healthy. 
and all of a sudden her cancer cell counts are going down. Her doctor says, geez, you don't have to come back and see me for six months. Everything's in remission. So, I, I mean, I can't prove that it was the new resident that did it, but it's, man, it's mighty powerful circumstantial evidence. So, you know, God bless, praise be the Lord on that for healing. But, yeah, Pruitt's Tree is nice. Since you brought that up, I'm glad you did. Um, what a great family. It's a great product. And if you enter the promo code uh, 1776, you'll get a uh, a 10% discount. So just let them know you heard about it from Eric and Daniel, and you'll get a substantial discount. The stuff's amazing. It's like liquid skin. It's the most powerful antibacterial, antifungal, anti-germ, anti-parasite. It's good for cuts, bruises, acne. Oh, my neighbor next door, I gave her a little bit. She had an acne breakout, you know, pimples before a wedding, and she said she put it on in 48 hours. She was perfect and all, all set for the wedding. She said, oh, my God, I had a breakout just before a wedding the other day. I said, and, and she said, I used the Pruitts, and uh, it was, healed it right up, and I was in great shape. So this stuff's good for just about any skin topical, and you can even put a drop of it in your drink if you have an intestinal parasite or some type of issue internally. So... I would highly recommend having some in your bug out pack and some that you can use every day or, you know, as you get little injuries and cuts and scrapes and burns and et cetera, use that Pruitt. It's, a, it's, an, it's an incredible stuff. So thanks a lot, Daniel, and we'll catch you on the rebound. Absolutely, Eric. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for joining us here this evening, and everybody thank you guys for listening. Uh, please check out our website, studio1776.org. That's where you can find these recordings. You'll also find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and multiple podcasts across the Internet. But uh, studio1776.org and social1776.com are our two main platforms. Anyways, um, thanks, guys, for joining us here this evening. And this is it. And we're going to sign off, and uh, God bless, and have a good evening.